0: Hi, I'm Andalisi, and welcome to episode 12 of Essential Conversations. Well, Detroit saxophonist Dave McMurray has worked with everyone from the Rolling Stones to Bonnie Raitt to Herbie Hancock. When he released his Blue Note Records debut, Music is Life, we sat down and talked about his history and this album. Music has been your life. I mean, that's for sure. This has been your life. And this is going to be a cliche question for somebody who has spent their life making music, but what are your first memories of playing? you remember
1: first memories uh well, my first memory is just playing in front of class, like when uh, <laughs> I remember my brother they gave him a he was you know I have an older brother and he was in school, and they and before I started school and they gave him a song flute, and so he came with and, you know he was playing his trying to play the songs that they learned, and I was like, well, what's that and so you know Mary had a little all the songs and <laughs> So I learned them all. I'm just sitting there just playing them every day. And so when they, when this was before I started playing. So when I got to school and and I'm, they said, you know, do you want to play an instrument? I was like, yeah, I want to play an instrument. They said, do you know how to play anything? Yeah, I know how to play something. And I went over and I said, do, do, do. You know, I played all <laughs> the songs, about five songs, and everybody in the class was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, that feels good. Okay, yeah. you know, and of course they were shocked. Like, wow, you really can. Okay,
0: and that was it. That was mm-hmm. the start of it. Yeah. What were the first? What was the first instrument you played besides that when you got really serious? Uh,
1: clarinet. I actually started on clarinet, and you then know. you
0: play all the reeds now.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, when I was playing clarinet, it was is a great instrument. It's really a, a hard instrument. It's funny, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to play the saxophone. They huh. just didn't have one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that was because I would see Bar Adelaide. 'Cause he was like one of the musicians that would actually be on TV. You know, it's not it wasn't that many, you know. Right. And I would see him and go, Yeah, that's I wanna play a saxophone, you know. And my brother wanted to play a saxophone, so of course, you know, I want to play it.
0: When and so you...
1: when I got my chance, by the junior high, I switched to sax over the summer and by September when the school started, I was a saxophone player, you know.
0: And then <laughs> your cool factor went way up. Oh yeah, it's
1: it's definitely <laughs> much cooler. <laughs> Even though Claire that I mean, I, I, I didn't appreciate it then, but I do now. <laughs> that prepared you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. In, in, yeah. in
0: so many ways. Um, and then you have gone on to play with so many accomplished artists. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, so you've done your own albums, of course. And, you know, we're talking about sessions with the Stones and Bob Dylan and Nancy Wilson and Kem. And the list really does go on. And, of course, your long history with Was Not was. But I wanted you to talk about, like, for those of us who don't know what it's like to go into a situation with these artists who are making an album and they call you in and you're going to put saxophone parts on or whatever they want you to play on their songs. What happens when you get to the studio? You kind of have to be ready for anything, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, you do. You know you you know what the artist does, but you kind of... You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know if it's going to be a hard song. It's going to be the – you don't know what it's going to be. But, like, the like the Stone session was, like, a cool session because he said – it was kind of like he called me and he said, look, you know, we're doing the Stones record. Is
0: this Don Was? Yeah,
1: and he said, if you come out here, he's going to ask you to play. Like, I'm not – I can't bring you out or anything because I don't know what he's going to do. But he said, Keith, he just said, I know, you know, if you're here – so I was like, well, hey, wouldn't you want me to come? And he's like, just come out, we're cutting. So I flew out and I had all of my instruments and I'm just kind of sitting there and it was exactly like he said. I mean, it was like, Keith comes in, he was the first one in during the day, looks down, you know, he introduced us and he looked down, what is it? What's that? It's like, saxophone. Feel like playing? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was, you know, and it, and, and, but he told me, don't, Think you have to play like anything, because he said he can. He, you know, he has saxophone players everywhere in California. So don't think you have to play like them, because they, you know, they'll call who they want to call. You know, so just go in there and be yourself, <laughs> kind of like that. And I was like, oh, but it was it was a great hang. It was like one of the best hangs in my. What album my was life. this? A uh, Voodoo Lounge. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I just kind of was just playing. He just was breaking out songs. I mean, a lot of it didn't make it on the record but they made it on the bootleg collections mm-hmm. and all of that you know
0: how far along were these songs by the time you got to go and play on them were there um the basic rhythm tracks down were the no, vocals they sounded down
1: like they were done but they probably weren't to them right you know what i mean but to me
0: they sounded complete
1: sounded complete One song he did, it was called Sunny. Now, I don't know if he did it for Sunny Rollins. I don't know what it was for, but it was really a strange song, and it was an instrumental, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was an odd meters, and um, it was just hard, and I was like, (laughs) wow, you know, and so I'm playing, you know, we're going through it, and he says, wow, that's great. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, we come back tomorrow, and let's do it again. I was like, oh, okay, you know, and he says, He actually gave me, you know, a a cassette of it. Wow. So I went to the room, you know, and I'm trying to figure my way through it because I really didn't know what to do. Came back again, played again. You know, and this time I had a little more sure of it. And then I did other songs. And then they decided, well, let's get a trumpet player. And so they called Mark Isham, and then we did a little horn section. But it was funny. After that whole session, he said, Dave, you know, he loves that song, Sonny. He said he rides around with it in his car. So I was like, I'm geeked up, like, yeah, oh, cool. By the time I see Don again, he says, he took you off, and he put Herbie Hancock on. I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, Herbie Hancock. But then he said, he took Herbie Hancock off and put Kenny Kirkland on. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's just kind of looking. But then he said, he went back to your version. <laughs> isn't
0: that crazy?
1: He's crazy you just but never know. It right? didn't make the record. It made the other, you know, it was on right. the bootleg record. It, but I was like, that's, that's cool. But he said, he's back to listening to your version. I'm like, isn't
0: that something? <laughs> oh my gosh, Dave. Because you can
1: get anyone, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, it, but it was the best hang in the world just seeing how they put together music, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, these guys have been doing it for decades, you yeah, know. But,
1: but everybody's, different. like when I did the, uh, I did a session with the B-52s and uh, they hadn't really used the sax. So it was, that was an interesting session because they knew what they, they didn't know what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They knew what they didn't want, you know. Wow. <laughs> they were like, no, not a normal sax, uh-uh. you know. So I was like, okay. And they were like, you know, Ornette Coleman. I was like. Oh, okay. That's giving me a point of view. Yeah,
0: you get a reference <laughs> point then.
1: You know, of something. You know, and then they said, you know, ornette meets Junior Walker or something crazy. And I was <laughs> like, in my mind, I'm thinking that's right down my line. That's what I do. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's that's right down. My, it ended up being a real fun session. You know. <laughs>
0: Coming up next, Dave McMurray talks about working with French superstar Johnny Halliday and the early days of Was Not Was. I'm Anne Delisi, and here's the conclusion of my conversation with saxophonist Dave McMurray. The beauty of this new album, Music Is Life, is that it feels like you managed to cover all the bases on this album every genre you can think of and it's been a few years since you did an album and what got you to the point of going it's time to go and make a new album
1: well i you know i'm i was const- in in between that time i probably cut three albums you know mm-hmm. of different you know different types different ways and you know just trying to think of of you know a, du- a good direction you know and they, and they are all, when i listen to them now it's funny i'd go back and listen to tracks and go wow that sounds cool you know or yeah. but it's so it's different than this because when i did that i knew i would, when i started the trio i knew i had it in my brain what i wanted it to be and what i didn't want it to be it's mm-hmm. like okay it's trio so i don't want it to be uh i still want it to be upbeat even mm-hmm. though it's sax bass and drums I don't want it to be like really spread out and moody. I want it to be upbeat still, but not over the top because I tried that too. You know, and it's like not over the top by just being a rock drums, you know, but I still was thinking like a good guitar trio, Mm
0: -hmm. power
1: trio-like. I was like.
0: And it feels like more than a trio when you listen to it. I, oh, cool. It, feel, it feels like there's more going on there. Like, when you say it's a trio, I'm like, it sounds like there's so much more going on. Mm. And you took on um, some Detroit um, songs, some Detroit artists. So you you cover the White Stripes Seven Nation oh, yeah. Army. Oh, yeah. Why did you pick that? Uh, and uh, uh, George Clinton, I should, Atomic Dog Atomic is on Dog. here as well. How did you get to the point of picking those two in particular?
1: It, well, they... Uh I just wanted something I, I, I was looking for something in Detroit but I wasn't really looking those were like my some of them, those were my favorite songs right. like that The White Stripes was funny because it's one of those songs it's international I'm talking about you can be at a soccer match or anything <laughs> yeah. that they'll start singing that and I and I didn't know it was The White Stripes and when I finally said wait hey, a minute that's The White Stripes I was like that record is produced so well I thought that going from where The White Stripes started to that record I thought was a great, gigantic steps. That Mm -hmm. record had a groove, it had a sound, and it was clever. (laughs) You know, and it's like, and I always liked it, and that's like, when I thought of it, it's like, I didn't know what it was going to be, I just kind of went in the studio, strip it down to nothing, you know, just, just make it small and get big. It ended up, you know, it's it, great. It took on a life. same say, same with Atomic Dog. They were like, how are we going to? I said, I said, just listen to it. We only, we're just going to go in the studio and do it. It's definitely my most gratifying project I ever did. Really? For sure. Well, yeah.
0: congratulations. <laughs> it is. It sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, Dave, you have spent a lot of time in Paris uh, over the last few years. And I wanted to talk about Johnny Halliday. Yes. Um, who passed away um, of cancer at the end of last year mm-hmm. he was an absolute megastar yeah, in was france
1: gigantic he's gigantic <laughs> and
0: uh, who would you compare him to in the united states is he like bruce springsteen or something or? As,
1: yeah i was saying bruce springsteen but he's kind of like he just goes back for he's like their elvis i mean he he was around his first hit was with leslie gore you know, I mean, so if you're, that's your first hit, that's sixty-two or three or something like that. You know, I mean,
0: he's like a national treasure in in France.
1: Yeah, and he actually managed to make a hit like every ten years, he would make a hit. And then, and, and which means he would span generations. So next next generation come, he'd make a hit. You know, he it's was and so he was just an icon in everywhere, anywhere that they speak French. You know pretty much you know like I, I was talking to Pate the bass player and he's right. like you played with Johnny Holiday Day he was like <laughs> you know it's like my idol when he was when he when he was a, kid, a kid over there in you know in synagogue it was like what
0: <laughs> isn't that crazy so yeah. how did you end up working with him you you went to play on his record his album and mm-hmm. then he invited you. To tour with him.
1: Yeah, it was, it was because I kind of said, you know, Dave, it was the same kind of situation. Come out here, and it's going to, you know, and he says, he says it's just going to be a good session. He said, and they were kind of done. All they were doing was doing his vocals. It was a rock, rock record, record for all yeah. intents and purposes, yeah. And he, he had a horn section, and he had done all of that. You know, so when I went in, I just kind of was blasting solos. It was a fun session. And then after the session, he says, hey, so, do you want to join my band? And I was like, yeah, because everybody was joking. It's like a party. I was like, yeah, I will joy your mind. You know, it's a rock and roll band. I was like, yeah. You know, I don't know if he was serious. Right. And then a little while later, the guy said, okay, so, you know, he's going to tour next year. And I was like, oh, you're for real. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. But it ended up being a, such a cool situation, you know. they. I mean, he's a great singer. <laughs> I mean, and everything was just... Top, top-notch. Top-notch, you know, the set, the, everything, you know. And apparently it had, before I got there, it was even grander than that, you know. <laughs> and I was like, this is the biggest thing I've ever done, you know. <laughs> what
0: size crowds did he play for,
1: to? I mean, it, when we pretty much would start from one end of France and go all the way. So it would be everything from 2,500 to 20,000. Oh he'd play gosh. them all, and he'd give it up. With the same vigor, no matter what, he would, you know, if it was a small place where we couldn't—I mean, you know, twenty-five to five thousand was mm-hmm. a small place for him. It would be packed. He couldn't, if even if he couldn't bring his whole set, but he would give it up, you, you know. It, and then you get in really? front of twenty thousand, he's giving it up the same way, you know. Projecting—I mean, it was a—it was a good experience. Mal.
0: On Dave, before I let you go, uh, I would be remiss to not uh, ask you to weigh in on the was not was days. And what those early days were like when you guys, because I, I interviewed Kathy Cousins recently, and she talked about, you know, those early was-not-was was days and how much fun and how exciting it was. Was it as much fun as it seems like it would have been? Oh,
1: it definitely was. It was, it, You know, that was actually the first situation where somebody says, you know, he said to me, he's like, when I went to the session, it, and when it finally looked like it was going to be something, he was like, okay, we're going to do the session, and then we're going to, do this and then we're going to go on the road and then we're going to do this and do this. And I'm like, what? He's like, okay, cool. I'm in, you know, like, but then it happened, you know, next thing, it, you know, it, but it wasn't easy, obviously, because I'm on the outside looking in to even undertake that going on a tour, you know, and me it with a whole circus full of, you know, people, <laughs> you know, but it was such a fun situation because it would be just us. We would go in the studio at midnight, Every night, and just do music, <laughs> and every, and it was like a hang, yeah. You know, so we'd just be hanging out, just doing making music, you know, and watching him cut tape and do all the crazy things that he could do, you know. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, but it was a really, really fun situation, you know, and and just even his idea when he when he said he's it, like, okay, it's gonna be like a punk band with elvin jones and you know i mean he had all these crazy ideas and i was like what that sounds like uh, something i need to be involved in (laughs) you
0: know (laughs) you have been for
1: years yeah but yeah you know it was as much fun as it seemed (laughs) especially when we went on the road because it was just kind of like us against the world you know how you if you go overseas and it's You know, you're with your friends that you've been with for all these years, and now you're all over, you know, going through Europe. You can imagine it was really crazy, you know? (laughs)
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, everywhere we go, it'd be like, just it only, we're the only people that matter. (laughs) It's just, you know, just us. If we're loud and crazy, that's okay. You know, it's just us.
0: My thanks to Dave McMurray for talking with me. The Essential Conversation series is a production of Detroit's public radio station, WDET, and supported by ELS Studio 3D. If you enjoyed it, I hope you'll listen to other episodes in this series. Production provided by Rowan Nemisto and original music by Brett Lucas. I'm Ian Lisi. Thanks so much for listening.